What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the RB Podcast. Last night, I watched Logan Paul open up a box of cards worth $200,000. The box itself is, I want to say it's like 20 years old now. Over the years, somebody has kept a first edition Pokemon box. It's called a booster box, which I think is just short for like if you want to get into Pokemon cards back in the day, you buy this booster box. And it's basically just like kind of a starting hand for Pokemon cards. If I understand right. correctly, if that's, if that's what I'm thinking it is. And the box originally was auctioned off on eBay. And there was a bunch of people in the auction. And it ended up selling. Because Logan Paul was going to buy it no matter what. So he just kept it being the highest bidder over and over and over again. And he ended up buying it for 200 grand. Could you imagine being the guy that sold it though? That's crazy. Like imagine just holding on to that. And then, How much did they go for, like on release? Definitely not two hundred grand. No. Probably like thirty bucks. Yeah. Imagine buying a thirty dollar box of Pokemon cards, and then twenty years later, flipping it for two hundred thousand dollars. That's and insane. The crazy part is that the cards inside the box are so rare. He did it all for charity, but if he wanted to. He could have flipped all the cards that he opened up inside the box and turned it for a profit. So, like, for example, he opened up this one, like, super rare Charizard. And you were telling me it was, like, $80,000. No. Logic bought it, like, the rapper Logic? Yeah. Bought it for $181,000. Oh, I'm sorry. $180,000. That's one card. Yeah, one card. So the box is two hundred grand, And then that one card... Amongst like the, I think he opened up like what, like at least 200 plus cards. Yeah. Like he was streaming for like three or four hours. Yeah, definitely. So one card is 180 grand. And I know Mr. Beast also bought a pack. So I guess like the way he was doing it was like he had all, he had like this box of Pokemon cards and it was like a bunch of different packs of cards. And he was having like uh, for charity, like, you know, streamers or like anybody in the chat and stuff can buy a pack and have him like open it on stream and like show you what you get basically it's it's like well, yeah we were talking about it a few weeks ago um but it's super common you know like if you're like live streaming yourself opening up packs you can have people donate digitally buy a pack and then you open up that pack like in their honor and have like their name on it yeah but logan paul was actually sending them the cards though yeah yeah right i was saying like for yeah the majority for a majority of, of streamers and yeah and so if mr beast opened up uh i think he'll open up a blastoise and then logic bought the charizard for 180 grand so just between them two alone, just between two cards, that's $220,000. So like I said, he opened up like probably 200 plus cards and just two of them, he already flipped a profit on it by 20 grand. So I didn't I watch know the full he stream. Also, I know I was watching it for a bit. I know he also opened up a, a Mewtwo and that went for, I want to say it was 30 grand. Yeah, roughly. so insane. Maybe more or less. But I, still, that's three cards where he's already turned a profit. He's already made your average person's salary off of one card. And that's not even, like I said, that's not even the full stream. So the, the crazy part to me is like, let's say you weren't Logan Paul and you were just a normal guy. And you invested in this like box of Pokemon cards. and Or like, let's say you're the guy, original guy, and you don't sell it and you open it and you take it card by card. How, like, who are the people out there buying these $20,000 cards because I feel like a majority of times that just have a bunch of money people like logic 
Yeah, I guess so. And Logan so. Paul, who get into it, Mr. Beast. Yeah. Like, you know the uh, the Hypixel Minecraft server? Yeah. They bought a pack for Logan Paul to open. Okay. So it's just, like, people in the gaming industry and, like... The... Yeah, and, like, and, like, the FaZe Clan guys opened up a... Or donated for a pack to be open. But I'm saying, like... But they're all, like, doing it because of Logan and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're just, you like, some just average, average guy on, on eBay. Like, who's, like... The same people with a lot of money. They're just not famous. Yeah, true. Yeah. Damn, bro. Imagine dropping 30 grand on a Pokemon Imagine card. Imagine dropping $181,000 <laughs> yeah. on a Pokemon card. Yeah, Logic. I mean, he had the... Uh, Logic had the, the Twitch contract recently. So, he's uh, <laughs> he's sitting good. He's good. It kind of reminds me of you and I, though. Like, whenever we were growing up, we used to... We, we had, like, a small Pokemon card phase. Right. We were mostly Yu-Gi-Oh! kids. But Pokemon was still something that we collected a little bit. It was like we played the Pokemon games, right. but then we collected the Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And watched the Yu-Gi-Oh show, and we watched the Pokemon show. For those of you who don't know, everybody knows what Pokemon is, but Yu-Gi-Oh is essentially just a really weeby... I, I want to say it's a more edgier version of Pokemon. In a way, yeah. It's a little bit more like anime-y, I guess you yeah. could say. If that's even a word. Anime-y? Is that a word? Yeah, we were super into the Yu-Gi-Oh cards growing up. To the point where we had the sleeve that went on our arm. From the show. From the show. And you could, it was a whole sleeve and then had like a plastic piece that came off of your arm. And you would put the cards on that plastic board. You could play the game. You could battle your friends way. with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had hundreds of Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah, I don't even hundreds know Hundreds of them. cards. We even had a binder full of we each had a binder that would hold the cards, like all the rare ones and... We went all out for Yu-Gi-Oh. And I don't even, like I said, I don't know what happened to them. We, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Over hundreds. There has to be at least one rare one. Because we're talking like these packs are... No, we definitely had like rare 10, ones. 10, 15 years old. I remember We having, had that one Exodia. Yeah, I had... Yeah, Exodia. That we got from some kid at school. Or you got from some kid at school. Yeah, it was some kid on the bus. And I somehow convinced him to trade me his Exodia. That for, was the funnest part about it. It's just trading cards yeah, and stuff. You didn't even remember. know what they did or how strong they were. Everybody just went off of like looks and how cool they were. Yeah. That's all we put up. I don't remember what I traded him for it, but I remember me definitely getting the better side of the deal. I was like, Exodia's like not even that strong. <laughs> Dude, Exodia's not even that strong. You can't even like just win in one turn automatically and just end the entire game. Like he's really not that strong. I was like, I was like look at the cool art on this one. <laughs> You're really like, just upselling. The colors him. are just better on it. We should switch, man. We should switch. <laughs> We should just trade. Have a seat. Have a seat. Right before the bus ride ended, I got into trade. <laughs> and I was, I, it was over. Right there, I was, I won. See, I am the Yu-Gi-Oh! Master. <laughs> I will win with this card on my deck every single time now. But just like thinking about that card, and now that I'm looking back on it, it wasn't like an American card. It was all Japanese lettering. Yeah. And here's the thing. So for those of you who don't know, in Yu-Gi-Oh! There's a card called Exodia. And in order to play it, or I guess you could say it's a monster called Exodia. And in order to play this Exodia card, this guy, typically you would have to have six different cards. And each card is a piece of Exodia. So like one card is his left leg, one card is his right leg, one card is his right arm, left arm, centerpiece, head, you know, etc. And you would play each in every single one of these cards on the board and then whenever you play all six you 
instantly win the game. You spawn Exodia, like literally it's not, like, I'm not saying instantly win the game, like, oh, he's just really strong and like really hard to defeat. Like, no, like on the actual writing of the card, it says the game is over. Exodia like immediately obliterates your opponent. You win. Like it's over. The thing about this card was that it was Exodia, but it was just on one card. On one card. So all the six pieces was on one card, which means it didn't take six turns to build up to it. And you could just play it. Right. So that thing, dude, I don't even want to know the word. I kind of want to look it up a little bit. Should we look it up? The Exodia? Yeah, we look up look up the uh, Exodia on one card. Okay, so we just spent the last couple of minutes trying to look it up, and we cannot find the card online anywhere. If you want to know what it looks like, just type in Exodia on Google Images. You're not going to be able to find the card that we had specifically, but you'll be able to get an idea of what it looked like. So what I'm thinking is that if we can't even find it on Google Images, how rare was that card? Are we missing out on a house right now? Because we just... More than that. Yeah, you're probably right. Dude, we had so much. And like, here's we the thing. so many cards. It was all like OG shit too, because it was like 15 years old. Like these, these cards are like old, old. And we had bi- a, an entire binder. We each had a binder full of them. And Plus so- we had, we had binders full of them. And then we also had separate like decks and like boxes yeah. of cards. I remember that too. I remember, do you remember the uh, the Blue Eyes White Dragon? I do. I remember Red Eyes Black Dragon. Red Eyes Black Dragon, Blue Eyes White Dragon. And there was also the three-headed version of the Blue Eyes White Dragon. Oh, yeah, you're right. And well, I thought Blue Eyes White Dragon... No, no, no. There's was one head just... and there's three heads. That card we had has to be worth some type of money. Yeah. Because it was holographic, three-headed Blue Eyes White Dragon. OG Yu-Gi-Oh OG card. version of it. And that's just one. It's just one. You know, look it up. Look up how much it would go for. Type in three-headed, blue-eyes, white dragon. Watch it not be worth anything. Oh my god! How much, how much? Are you fucking kidding me? How much? Five grand. I thought you were going to say like half a million. You okay, whoa, crazy. no. But, what, but, my, but still, five grand? Yeah, for a card, that's still Bro, we crazy. had like multiple of these, I'm pretty sure. So we had multiple versions of the blue-eyes, white dragon. That some of them sold for five grand. Are selling right now for five grand. And I also had like Toon Dragon. Yeah, there was the Toon versions of it. I had we had like those uh, XYZ cards. So there's there's also a form of cards. It's kind of like a, uh, like kind of like Exodia a little bit, but it wasn't not nearly as strong. But it kind of played out the same way. Something X, something Y, and something Z. And when you played all three of them, it was like Power Rangers. They just came together and created like this beast of a card. It was really cool. But yeah, dude, I'm talking like, we had like probably first edition Dark, Ma- yeah, Dark we started, Magician. We started collecting oh. them when they first came out. Yeah. Wait, Dark Magician, I forgot about that We card. had like a holographic Dark Magician. I can't even, I don't even, do I even look how much up? I don't think that one's going to go for as much because I feel like it's way more popular than, yeah, I agree, than uh, the Blue Eyes White Dragon was. So, but... first edition Dark Magician. Yeah, so you want to know how much this one is? Uh, 50 bucks. 300. Okay. Some websites like Google is saying like 300, but then some other, it says 300 to 360. But like I said, this is just like the first website on Google. I don't know how accurate this is. It could be a fucking dollar and 50 cents on eBay. Yeah. But either way, I'm sure we had some crazy shit growing up that would be worth a ton right now. Especially the uh, the Pokemon cards because the Yu-Gi-Oh cards are rare. Don't get me wrong, but Pokemon's way more popular mm-hmm. than Yu-Gi-Oh. I know that we had 
at least a few rare Pokemon cards. At least a few. And it's funny because, you know, we're talking about how much they're worth and stuff right now. But, like, back then, we just didn't, like, we didn't, no, care. We didn't care. We were just fucking throwing them and just... Like, I remember one night we had a friend over and all three of us got all of our Yu-Gi-Oh cards, put them all in one big pile, and then just chucked them into the sky. And then they all just, like, floated and, like, landed everywhere. And whatever we picked up, we got to keep. Yep, whatever we picked up, we got to keep. <laughs> we just, like... And then we, we all just, just... We didn't know. We were just... Yeah. And that was kind of... That's the fun yeah, part that's... about it. Nobody knows. Yeah. We also had that uh, that paper that would go on the ground or a table or whatever. And it was like a board to play the game on mm. where you would place certain spells and monsters on. We never really knew how to play the game. Yeah, to this day, we still don't know we how to play We just played our own version of it that we made up where the amount of stars on the card determines whether or not your card wins or is better. And <laughs> Which probably just means nothing. We kind of played it like the, the card game called War. We would just take turns putting down Yu-Gi-Oh cards and whichever one had the most stars, that's who won that round. See, now you have card games that are just all digital. Yeah. So it's not like the... And which makes... Which kind of makes like these cards even a little bit more rare because it's real tangible things. It's not like, you know, Legends of Runeterra or Hearthstone where all like the rare cards are just digital and kind of everybody has them. Like, for instance, you have a 0.1% Golden Legendary in Hearthstone, but, you know, you, you can't really sell that. Maybe it's not 0.1%. Well, but, it's it, the, the chance to open it is 1%. But it was like your first pack yeah. ever. And Blake got a golden legendary. I know for those of you who don't play Hearthstone, don't know how rare that is. But let me just say, Blake should have gone to Vegas the very next day. Because <laughs> he has some witch shit going on for him right now. Yeah, also with the, the physical versions, there's different types of the cards. Like we mentioned it earlier a little bit about the holographic versions. For Pokemon, there's there's like normal cards that just are plain printed. Then there's different editions of those cards, depending on what year they came out of. And then there's also holographic versions of some cards. And then there's the full art versions of some cards. Like the newer cards have full art versions where the entire card is printed of the art of the Pokemon instead of just that little rectangle up top. Those ones are really, really cool looking. Mm -hmm. From what I've seen, streamers open up cards. They usually put those ones into the binder. Like those are the rare ones that get stored away the art on it is just really really cool i wonder if they still print the cards i don't think they print Yu-Gi-Oh cards i know they still print pokemon cards but i don't know if they still print Yu-Gi-Oh cards and the show ended there's really no new games or anything. games or anything for it that i know of so Yu -Gi -Oh i, I would imagine that they just they stopped printing them yeah i think you're right which is does that make them even more rare i was gonna say now yeah, there's maybe... a limited amount Yu-Gi-Oh is harder. It's like hard to get into. Like, for instance, like if you went up to like an old person, you're like, "Hey, do you know what Pokemon is?" They would say yes, right. But if you went up to an old person and said, "Hey, do you know what Yu-Gi-Oh is?" They would say no. Say no. Yeah. Very different levels of popularity. There's a game called Magic of the Gathering, which is digital and it's also physical. Physical. So there's like a digital game. But there's also a physical game, and that I heard is like super expensive. Like even just to like, not even just rare cards, but just to buy cards in general and just have, like, your own deck. That's another thing about playing the digital versions Price. of these games versus the, like, physical versions of card games. The physical version, whenever you buy packs, you get duplicates, and that's it. <laughs> like, you just, what you lost money on it. But in the digital versions, 
you can kind of craft the cards that you know you need or want to use and you don't have to worry about getting duplicates because most of the time whenever you get duplicates in digital card games it turns into some type of like currency or dust that you can use to craft other cards that you need but the physical version nobody's gonna buy the one millionth printed version a Bulbasaur. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just not going to happen. And even then, just, like, finding people to play with and stuff in person yeah, is sort of, hard. Yeah, because it's way less common now than it was. Yeah, versus, like, online, well, you could just hop. I could, like, I have Legend, Legends of Runeterra on my phone. I could just open it and hop in a game right now and yeah. find somebody to play with. I do think that Pokemon cards are on the rise again. Yeah. This year, specifically. Gary V was right, bro. Yeah. Earlier this year, he was all, like, baseball cards and stuff. And I was like, eh, yeah. Yeah, I think sports cards are still aren't really gonna rise in popularity at all because mm-hmm. I, I don't think that our generation really cares about it but i i do think that pokemon cards specifically are starting to blow up again but i mean even but it's, with sports cards though i mean i still think maybe the audience is there like gary v's audience you know it's obviously not as big as pokemon and whatnot but like he's still kind of sparking the market i see it on twitter all the time of him just talking about like his new pickups and stuff imagine if they had like a rap rapper trading cards so you could get like fucking i don't know like 21 savage Lil uzi vert you know drake all these guys and you just like you know you just trade like that because that's another thing about like Lil uzi vert drops an album and his value in card just goes skyrocketing (laughs) yeah like the eternal take first edition booster pack i think that's another reason why you were saying like sports cards aren't really um I guess, on the rise and stuff again. I think that's really because, for instance, like Pokemon cards, you can use them to like play people with and you can like play against people with Pokemon cards and you can, you know, they have like a purpose. You can like build a game. It. Yeah, it's a game. You can like build a deck and have like, you know, battles, just battles and stuff versus sports cards. That's not really a thing. You know, you just kind of collect, which I think makes the value in them a lot lower Damn the young Bobby rapper card, though. One dollar. <laughs> One million dollars. I kind of want to open up some Pokemon cards just for the fun. Mm-hmm. Not like get crazy into it. But on stream one night, I think it would be fun if we bought some packs and opened them up. Yeah, that would be cool. You would have to open up every pack. <laughs> I If I if I open the, up the packs, then they're... See, what happens they is... They would just... Robert has good luck. <laughs> no, so what happens I don't. is that he opens up one pack and pulls nothing but full art cards (laughs) blake's luck is he gets like misprint luck so in in like the card industry wow this whole entire podcast we're just talking about fucking pokemon cards okay blake has like that 0.1 percent luck so in the pokemon card industry like the misprints and stuff the cards that get like fucked up on the factory line are super super rare because there's like they're unique there's no other card like it and so that's that's Blake's luck. He would open up like four misprints in one pack. <laughs> and then like an actual card from like the Nintendo themselves that just says, hey, this is like the only card of this in the world at, at, at Blake Rayhart. It's worth a million dollars. Here Congrats. you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's Blake's luck. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Robert and I talking about Pokemon cards for this entire podcast. Yeah, I didn't uh, like going into recording this we had this topic we should talk about like the rise of pokemon cards and you know just the entire industry you know to start with 
and now it's been at least at the time of recording this it probably won't actually be 30 minutes but we're like 30 minutes deep it ended up going for the whole show but i thought i, I don't know i enjoyed yeah me too this conversation i hope everybody listening did as well and uh yeah if you haven't already be sure to rate the podcast be sure to follow it like it subscribe it whatever platform you're listening on if any of you listening to this right now have any rare Yu-Gi-Oh cards rare pokemon cards join the discord post them inside our discord somewhere at me or on twitter or instagram or even on twitter or instagram yeah just i want to know if anybody listening to this has really rare cards how much are they worth or even if they just look cool just let us know Go watch our latest YouTube video if you haven't already, and we'll see you guys next week. See you guys.